Welcome to Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your next order. I'm your new host, Zeke Boyat, and today we'll be talking about a few different Wild-related topics, including grading the Wild's offseason, looking at whether the Wild will be a playoff team next season, and giving you all an update on the Wild's prospects who are currently playing in leagues across the world. Again, though, I'm going to introduce myself and let you guys know what you can expect out of the show as it goes on. So again, I'm Zeke Boyat, and I've been a Hockey Wilderness writer for a long few years now, and I've been a longtime Minnesota Wild fan. I'm very passionate about the team and the hockey in this state, and I hope that my passion and love for the team and the game will show off in the show and provide you guys with a lot of great Wild content to fill up your hockey fix during this long offseason. But first, be sure to go subscribe and follow Lockdown Wild for free wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, etc., we're everywhere, and you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out next day. So again, like I said, we're going to talk about the Wild's offseason, kind of give it a grade. Uh, first, let's just give a little recap of all the moves the Wild made. Uh, the first big move, or I guess I wouldn't necessarily consider it a big move, but the first semi-significant move they made was trading a conditional seventh-round pick next season to the Pittsburgh Penguins for center Nick Bukestad, who is a Blaine, Minnesota native, I believe, and also played at the University of Minnesota. Um, Bukestad, you know, I've been injured the last few years, but he's a decently talented player. He's big, plays center, uh, low-cost, low-risk acquisition for the Wild there. And then the next big move they made was signing defenseman Jonas Brodin to a six, seven-year sorry, seven-year contract extension worth $6 million a year. Uh, Brodin has been a stalwart in the Wild's blue line for the last eight seasons now, which is hard to believe he's actually played here for eight seasons. But he is locked in for the next seven years on the left side, and so that was very significant. And then the next big move the Wild made was trading Eric Stahl to the Buffalo Sabres for Marcus Johansson. And it was a bit of a confusing move, but we'll talk about it a little bit later, although Johansson is a little bit younger, a little bit faster than Stahl, and only has one year left in his contract. And so then you went into the draft, the Wild then made a trade on day two of the draft where they traded to Luke Cunning and a hundred the hundred, I think first overall pick in the fourth round to the Nashville Predators in exchange for center Nick Benino, 37th overall pick and the 70th overall pick in this year's draft. So again, those are the most major moves they made. And also, I guess I have to mention, they signed goaltender Cam Talbot in free agency to a three-year contract worth about three million, a little over three million a year. So, you know, not any too many sexy names in there, not too many names that pop off the page when you terms of acquisitions but they did make a lot of changes and you know the thing was the wild at the end of the 2019-2020 season heading into the coronavirus pause were doing very well they were one of the hottest teams in the league uh they you know they were scoring a lot Kevin Fiala was on fire and Alex Stalock was actually playing at least average or above average goaltending for that time period and so there was a lot of optimism to think hey maybe this team is a lot better than we thought it would be a year ago then the pause hit. Uh, there was no playoffs until August, and the Wild faced off against the Vancouver Canucks in the qualifying round of the playoffs. Unfortunately, they lost in four games to the Vancouver Canucks and were eliminated in the qualifying round. So, you know, something that's fairly familiar to Wild fans in a first-round exit is probably what you can uh, blame, I guess, for all the off-season changes made by new general manager Bill Guerin. Because, if you, like I said, if you remember back to the backed into April and March in that time, the Wild were one of the hottest teams in the league. And had that continued and they'd made the playoffs, and even if they'd lost the first round, uh, Bill Guerin might have been inclined to say, hey, you know what, maybe this team is actually good, and maybe I don't need to make major changes to the roster right now, even though many of us would, would, would have disagreed with that. 
But any, but since Bill Guerin got to see his team up close and personal in the qualifying round, he clearly saw that while, yes, that was a good team and it, they weren't bad, they could still make the playoffs probably every year. They weren't a Stanley Cup contender, which is where the Wild need to be or and what they want to be. And so Bill Guerin, obviously, he took that into his, into his heart and he went out and made the necessary changes that he felt he needed to do to make this team better and to set them up for the future. Now, you know, you might think, now this is not going to be this, these moves were not meant to make the team good, net great next year. I don't think. You know, you got guys like Marcus Johansson, Nick Benino, Nick Bukestad, Cam Talbot. You know, not not you know. There's some good players. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to sense them. Nick Benino is a good middle six center. Nick Bukestad could be a good, potentially as good as a third good third line forward, maybe even at center. And also Marcus Johansson, while he struggled last year at Buffalo at center, has shown in the past to be a skilled playmaker. And who who knows? He might be good at center, he might be good at wing, but he's also a little bit younger, a little bit faster, so he's a good player too. But I think the main theme that I took away from this, and that I think a lot of Wild fans should, is that a lot of these guys, at least in the trades the Wild made, have one year left on their contracts. So they expire next year. And I think this is key and signals next year the Wild sees more of a transitional year where they're not they're not trying to compete, but they're also not trying to tank. Is that these are guys in Benino, Bukestad, Johansson, that if they're good, then and the Wild are doing good, then they can keep them for their for a playoff run. If those guys are playing well, but the team as the Wild as a team are not doing well and don't look to be much of a Stanley Cup contender, then Bill Guerin can trade those guys for other assets at next year's trade deadline, whenever that is. So I think that's key is that these are players that you should see value out of from, from the next few years, whether they're on the Wild or not. And so I think that's good. That's key. Again, I don't think the Wild expect to be very competitive next year. I mean, I certainly don't expect them to stink, but I don't think their plan is to be a cup contender next year. And obviously, they don't really have the pieces for that. So again, I think it's more of a transition year with those guys with one year left on the contract. And also a note is that they can all be exposed in the expansion draft. They won't help take up spots in the Wild's protection list per se, but they're also guys that are options for the Wild in that section. So that'll be interesting to see. And you know, the other acquisition, obviously, is goaltender Cam Talbot. He had a couple bad last year in Edmonton and in Philadelphia a couple seasons ago. But other than that, he's been a very good goaltender, very solid. Uh, his best season came back in 2016-2017 with the Edmonton Oilers, where he, in like 70 games, had a 2.39 goals against and a 9.19 save percentage. And this last year with the Calgary Flames in 26 games, or 29 games, sorry, whatever it is, he had a 2.63 goals against and a 9.19 save percentage. And so he's he's not a particularly fantastic goalie. He's not flashy. He's not a big name that makes a lot of money. But he should be able to get the job done and do what the Wilds goaltenders haven't done in the last year or so. And that is stop the shots that they need to. Last year, you know, all the analytics show that if the Wilds would have gotten, you know, average save percentage, like a 905 for both their goaltenders average at even strength and on power play special teams, they probably would have been a playoff team. And I wouldn't be shocked if they would have been top three in the central division. So I think that's key. Cam, Cam Talbot does not have to be great. He just needs to stop the shots that he needs to, and he will do his job and help provide the Wild with the necessary goaltending that they've needed the last couple of years. So, and also, as of note, you know, this offseason, the Wild finally signed super Russian prospect Kirill Kaprizov, a uh, big ad. I'm very excited about that. He should be a good boost to the Wild's offense and a good young player that who can score and make plays. So he's another big ad. And also, uh, also significant moves that the Wild made this year was at the draft with the ninth overall pick. They were able to select center Marco Rossi from the Ottawa 67s of the Ontario Hockey League, who last year led the whole CHL and OHL in scoring with 120 points in 56 games so 
very impressive numbers, but he's a very hardworking two-way center who has a lot of offensive talent in him and who is currently playing in the National League over in Switzerland for the Zurich Lions. So, you know, those are the other two little acquisitions for this that made additions made to this team this offseason who should, while they're still rookies and we shouldn't expect a ton out of them, they should provide much needed skill and youth onto the Wilds lineup. And so, you know, that's just a kind of a quick summary of all the wild moves the Wild made this offseason. And as for a grade, I mean, it's, it's kind of complicated. You don't want to go too high because, you know, they didn't make a big, huge, splashy move. They didn't make, you know, there was no blockbuster trade per se in there. But, you know, overall, I think I would have to give the Wild a A- because, you know, obviously the trades for Nick Benino, Marcus Johansson, Nick Bukestad, you, you can debate how good those are, what effect they are, but the Wild did... They did change up the roster. He, Like Bill Guerin said he wanted to. They changed up the roster. They're trying to mold the culture to what they want. And overall, they just it's a, it was time for change on this team. I mean, they were not getting it done. And overall, I think they did a very good job of bringing in guys on affordable contracts with one year left who you can flip the deadline if you need to, while also adding in a couple high-profile youngster rookies to the draft and through your own picks in Marco Rossi, Kirill Kaprizov, while also addressing your goaltending situation and swapping out Devin Dubnik for Cam Talbot. So overall, I would give them an A on the offseason, what Bill Green was able to do. And, you know, they, I, 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 you can't say they're done yet, but, you know, there hasn't been much activity in the last couple of weeks in the NHL, and I can't imagine there will be. So overall, I think it was a very good offseason for the Wild. They accomplished what they need to. And coming up next on Lockdown Wild, I will be talking about whether I think the Wild could be a playoff team next season. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you're like me, the last few months especially, you've wanted to kind of control your snacking and try not to eat too much. But you've all but you also want something that tastes good and is not, you know, if you don't want to just eat the same health food all the time. So Built Bar is your is your bar then. With 18 amazing new flavors, including non nut and non-nut flavors such as caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and lemon almond cheesecake, you can get the great flavors that while you would see flavors like cheesecake, brownie, etc. You would think, oh, that can't be all too great for you. But Built Bar is actually very, the bars are very healthy for you. They're great for the health conscious guy and they can help you lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. They're great for any kind of diet that you, keto diet that you would try. And they have 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, and only five grams of sugar. So, you know, like I said, I've tried them before. They're very good. They provide you a good tasty treat while also you can know in your mind that they're healthy and you're not making, you know, you're not putting anything that's bad in your body. You're putting in something that'll help you keep you full till when you eat next while also providing a very tasty treat that you can enjoy. So again, go if you want to go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on in all caps, you can get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. And welcome back here to Lockdown Wild. I'm your host, Zeke Boyat. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about whether or not I think the Wild are a playoff team. But first, be sure to follow the podcast account at Lockdown Wild and Twitter. And also be sure to follow me at ZBWildNation underscore HW on Twitter for all updates on the show and upcoming segments, guests, etc. So be sure to do that. And you know, last season, the Wild were technically a playoff team. Now, they, they made the qualifying round. And 
because of the pandemic, you know, the season got cut short. Who knows what would have happened if the Wild, they would have been able to finish the 2019-2020 season and actually get the chance to make the real playoffs. But as I said, they lost in the qualifying round to the Vancouver Canucks in four games. And they were, you know, they, they technically made the playoffs, but technically didn't. But for, for this show's sake, we'll say they made the playoffs. And so with a lot of changes, as I described in the previous segment to the roster this offseason, a lot of people are wondering, what what are the Wild going to be next year? What, what is this team? And, you know, this is that's an interesting thought because, you know, a lot of, a lot of us don't really know what this team is going to be. I mean, they made a, added a lot of new guys. They made changes to the core to significant key pieces with key veterans like Eric Stahl, Mika Koivu, and Devin Dubnik coming out and guys like Nick Bonino and Marcus Johansson and Cam Talbot coming in. So really, it's kind of hard to tell what you're going to think of this wild team. I mean, you know, as usual, it doesn't look like they're trading Matt Dumba, so they'll still have their great top four of Ryan Suter, Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Burdeen, and Matt Dumba with also Carson Soucy also back there on the blue line. So their defense will be as strong as ever, and that will keep them in a lot of games that they probably have no business being in. So, you know, nowhere's there. That defense will prop them up a lot. And also, I think the key is, like I said in the previous segment, they improved the goaltending with the addition of Cam Talbot, who should be able to provide at least average goaltending and make the saves he needs to. Now, I think where when you're when you're wondering what this wild team is going to be like next year i think the key is to look at their offense you see it, it it's kind of complicated because you know with guys like benino johansson they're talented offensive players but you know you wouldn't describe them as particularly dynamic or exceedingly skilled although johansson has shown playmaking ability in the past so you know i don't know if they're solid two-way players i think they'll help there but i don't know how much in terms of offensive production they're going to bring and you know you look around the rest of the lineup you got guys like zach Parisi, who you know is always a good power play weapon in front of that he's always a hard worker he'll provide probably around 20 goals even in a shortened season and then you also got breakout star kevin fiala who will look to build upon his great end of season last year in fact in a contract year this year so you would expect a lot out of him to continue being the dynamic speedy forward that he is but outside of that i mean you got guys like who are kind of unknowns like jordan greenway jules Eriksson-Eck, you know marcus felino he's another he provides some offense but he's more of a gritty kind of third fourth line type player so you know again a lot of unknowns and i think the biggest key here is how the rookies perform in Kirill Kaprizov and Marco Rossi if he makes the team. Now, Kaprizov has led the KHL in goals the last two years at the ages of 22 and 23, which is, you know, you might not think, oh, the KHL is not the greatest league, but it is a very solid league. And when you look at players who have produced how he has at his age in the past, there are very few. I mean, you know, just on EliteProspects.com, you can see that he has three of the top 10 U22 scoring seasons in KHL history with the with with the number one in his name with 62 points in 57 games last year. So obviously his numbers are historic, very rare, and very impressive. So you would think that you know while you don't want to put too much pressure on him to produce right away, you think there's a you can at least count on him to be a reliable top six forward who over an 82 game pace could probably put at least a 20 to 25 goal, 50 to 60 point uh, range in his in his rookie season. Although, like I said, you don't want to put too much pressure on the kid. New country, new world for him, pretty much. And with the pandemic going on, a lot of things are different. So we want to maybe lower the expectations a little bit there. But I think he could provide top six value even more. 
And then when you think of a player like Marco Rossi, who was the Wilds' ninth pick this last year, who actually is right now playing for the Zurich Lions of the National League over in Switzerland, and he has had an assist in his one game played so far. You know, you look at him 5'9", you would think, oh, you know, maybe he needs time to mature, to grow. Maybe he can't even play center, but he is a bull. He weighs almost 190-something pounds. He works incredibly hard. He trains so hard. You know, if you look at all the videos and stories of him, he's just such a relentlessly hard worker and that's one of the key parts of the game is he's a two-way hard worker can play in both zones and you know while also being an absolutely dynamic forward in the offensive zone and be a distributor at center for the team so you know he's another guy he's 19 so even more so than Kaprizov for him you do not want to put too much pressure on Rossi to produce but with a lot of the situation in the world right now I think there is a pretty good or almost certain chance that he's on the Wilds roster the next start next season and I think there's a pretty decent chance he's in a top six role too I mean look at the Wild centers you got guys like Marcus Johansson and Nick Bukestad who we don't even know if they're centers and then you also have Jewel Eriksson at 3C and you know, players like Victor Rask as the 4C and Nico Sturm. So, you know, you would say you maybe want to put him on the third line and kind of, you know, inch him in a little bit. But then again, it's kind of like, well, where else is he going to play? And if you're putting Rossi into the NHL right away, you'd want to give him the significant opportunity to play in the top six with some of your best players like Parisi, Fiala, Kaprizov, while also getting the special teams time where he can show off his skill and truly begin to develop and grow his game as he matures into an even better NHL player. So, you know, those are, I think, the two guys that are the key to look out for next season when determining what the Wild will be. Um, Like I said, defense is strong. Goaltending should be at least average this year, which will help a lot. But their offense is a really big known. I mean, like I said, Fiala, Fiala, Parisi, those guys should be counted on to produce the offense like you could expect. But the rest of them, Rossi, Kaprizov, Eriksenek, Greenway, you know, Sturm, all those guys, like, you don't, we don't know how skilled they are. And we, you know, you don't want to put too much expectations on them. So overall, I I think their offense is fine. But, and I think it could be certainly a playoff roster, especially if guys like Kaprizov and Rossi can have good rookie seasons and Fiala keeps up his torrid pace from last season. But I think, you know, the big weakness is down the middle. And I think is what is really going to help make it hard for this team to make the playoffs. I mean, your centers right, right now are probably... Johansson, Rossi, Bukestad, Sturm, and or maybe even Victor Rass, someone else mixed in there. And oh, Eriksson Ek, sorry, I forgot Eriksson Ek at three C. But you, you get the point. Is that you know those are all solid players. A lot of them are good two way players who can play in the bottom six. But like even your top center and Johansson, you, he's not a natural center. And Rossi is a nineteen year old rookie out of juniors last year. So you know I. I I would like to think this team is a playoff team because I think the talent is there, especially with good defense and improved goaltending. But overall, I you just look at their offense. There's too much unproven. And I think it's going to be really, really pretty hard for the Wild to make the playoffs next year. Although we don't really yet know what next season is going to look like, how many games, what the divisions that are going to be. And so, but let's just say the Wild are supposedly in this specific kind of division that in a specific bubble for the start of next season that they've been talking about where they're playing teams like, San Jose, LA, Van, no, not Vancouver, but Vegas, you know, Dallas, those kind of teams. Then I think they have a decent chance at maybe sneaking in a, you know, play one of the last few playoff spots again, depending on what the format is. But overall, I I think, you know, I think the only thing that's going to really help them make the playoffs is the playoff format, whatever that is. And you just look at that center core. I I just can't get past it. You know, I, I, they're not, it's not, they're not bad players, but they have a lot of guys playing in roles higher than they should and they also have several rookies who probably shouldn't be relied upon too much to kind of carry that team so 
again, I, I, I think there's definitely a chance they could be a playoff team, but really I, I would not, I don't expect them to be a playoff team. And it's it's difficult because I think this is I think the what Gilgaron wants is for this to be a transition year for the team and you know not they're not trying to tank but they're also not expecting to be a playoff team so overall I I don't think this team is a playoff is a shoe in playoff team at all next season but I also wouldn't rule out the possibility of it as you head into next season so you know coming up next on Lockdown Wild I will be giving you all a prospect update on any a lot of the Wild's prospects who are currently playing in leagues across the world. Hello and welcome back to Lockdown Wild. I'm your host Zeke Boyat, and you know now make sure you go to our social media pages at Lockdown Wild on Twitter. Follow us there, and you can also email the show at lockdownwild at gmail.com if you ever have any questions, mailbag, mailbag questions you want to send in, any topic or segment ideas, or any ideas of guests that you maybe want me to try to get on the show. Please feel free to send them there at the Twitter account, the Gmail account, or my personal Twitter account. I would love to listen to any of your suggestions and really get to the listeners interacting with the show. And also, uh, ne- planning for the rest of the shows this week, uh, I guess the first key thing is to note is that there are, for the time being, because of the lack of NHL news until the season starts, we are doing three shows a week. So I will be doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So uh, we will not be back till five shows, so close to the season begins. But I will be here Monday, Wednesday, Friday to provide you a lot of great ML- MN Wild content. And I do plan on doing this week a wild flashback episode on Wednesday. And I'll let you guys know more about that on social media. And I also plan on doing a mailbag episode on Friday. So be sure to check all that out and to leave any questions you would like me to answer for that mailbag on Friday. So for the third segment here, we're going to just kind of go through a little bit of an update on the Wilds prospects and kind of inform you guys how everyone is doing so far. Now, there's not too many Wild prospects playing right now, you know, pretty much only the Europeans, because, you know, like I, like we everyone knows, a lot of the Canadian Junior Leagues, U.S. Leagues, and college NCAA have not started their seasons yet. So I guess we'll just kind of go through the list here. And the first guy I want to talk about is the Wilds 37th overall pick in the second round from this last year. Russian center Murat Kuznadinov. Now, Kuznadinov, like I said, he was drafted by the Wild in the second round. He's had a good start to the season in the MHL with 14 points in 11 and 12 games for the SKA 1946's junior team. And he has also played three games in the VHL, which is kind of like the Russian AHL, where he has had one point, a goal in three games he's played there. Now, Kuznadinov is a very skilled and speedy center who has great hands and is a great playmaker. But, you know, he, the thing about him is he's only 5'9", like 165, 170 pounds. But I, the key to remember about him is he's, he was one of the youngest players in the draft last year with, with, I think, was a July birthday. So he's a bit of a longer-term project. But I think with how he can – he's a natural center. He's speedy. He can make plays. He was great in the Karalia Cup for Team Russia over the last few days. And so I think he's a very key player to be looking forward to and one Wild fans will really need to keep an eye on as the seasons develop. And also of note, he has two years left on his KHL contract. So this year and next year. So, and he is expected to come over to North America after next season. So he, another good prospect to look forward to. And also a couple other players that the Wild have in the KHL. And while Brennan Manel, he's technically not, I mean, he is a wild prospect. They still hold his rights, so we'll consider him a wild prospect. But he did not, he left for the KHL and did not sign with the Wild this year. And so far, for Dinamo Minsk in the KHL, he's been having a very good season, putting up 13 points in the team's first 14 games, producing at nearly over a point per game as a defenseman in the KHL, which is very good. And, you know, 
everyone every, everyone knows what Manel is. He's a very good offensive defenseman. He can move the puck. He's very smart, very intelligent. While I wouldn't, I, I don't know if I, I haven't watched too much of him to say enough whether he's a bad defender or anything, but, you know, obviously his his offense is his game, and he's also very, I think, a very solid defender from what I've read up on him from scouting reports and all that. So a very good start to the season for him. While we don't know if he'll be ever play for the Wild again, I, the Wild do still his own his rights, like I said. So he's maybe a guy to keep an eye on as he continues his next se- the season in the KHL. And, you know, if he keeps it up, maybe the Wild can sign him and they have another right shot offensive defenseman to fill in one of their bottom two pairs, which would obviously be a very good bonus for them and really help the team. So, yeah, Brennan Mill uh, having a great season so far. We'll love to keep track of how he's doing the rest of the season. And I guess the next guy in the KHL that I'm going to talk about is Alexander Havanov, who was drafted by the Wild in third round, 85th overall in 2018. And after a couple of great years, including last year, in the QMJHL with the Moncton Wildcats, where he had 99 points in 51 games, it's been a bit of a struggle for Havanov to start his KHL and career over in Russia. In seven games played with Akbar's Kazan in the KHL, he has had zero points and he's played very little. And there's been a lot of reports and rumors that as people have become familiar with Havanov in the past few years is that he has kind of a short fuse. He can have a bit of an attitude apparently is what I've heard. And that, you know, he, he can maybe lose his temper too much. And a lot of, and apparently the coaches are not too big fans of him and on Akbar's Kazan. So there's been some issues there. I, I, he's still 20. So I think those are very much things that, you know, they'll be able to hopefully coach him to have a better attitude and to not just when someone is giving him advice or telling him what he did wrong to say, hey, Alex, it's okay, but you, you need to do this. You need to you know, be a bit more team player. Don't be getting, don't be taking dumb penalties. Don't be biting people's faces, you know, things, things like that. So I, you know, like we said, he's a very skilled player, very great playmaker. And after being sent down to the Akbar's Kazan's VHL affiliate, which is essentially the Russian AHL uh, in Bars Kazan or Bars, sorry, or I can't remember the exact, I think it's one of those two, but he's played very good down in the VHL with eight points two goals, six assists in eight games played. So he's been producing at a point per game pace down when he's been sent to the VHL. So that's encouraging. And hopefully he'll get some of his confidence back and hopefully get called back up to the KHL and start to accept that, hey, I got to earn my role. I got to earn my ice time. I, I can't just expect it to be given to me. So, you know, he's a very skilled player. And he. I still, I think there's still hope for him to be a top six center for the Wild in the future. You know, I think he still has the skill set to be a number two you know, middle six, number two, top six center in the NHL in the future for the Wild because of his just great offensive skill and physical skill set. So he's another one to keep an eye on. I hope he continues to develop and mature and become the best pro that he can. And so, you know, I guess just quickly, we're going to run through a few more uh, players that are going. Andre Svetlakov, a Wild six-round pick a few years ago, has seven points in 22 games for CSKA Moscow in the KHL. Uh, I don't think the Wild will be signing him anytime soon, but he's a very good bottom six center type player who's very good in the face-off circle. And also uh, Damon Hunt, the Wild's third round pick, 65th overall from this past draft, is playing, was a loan to the MJHL while, until the WHL season starts. And he has been very good with five points in his first three games in that league for in the MJHL. So good to see there. And also of note, uh, Pavel Novak, a Wild pick in the last year draft, has four points in five games in the second league division in the Czech Republic and was also on Team Czech Republic at the Coralia Cup uh, this past week. So 
Another guy in the KHL, well, third round pick from last year, Ivan Lodnia, has four points in 10 games in the KHL so far. In a bottom six role, has been very solid two-way player there. And also, of note, the two wild Swedes, uh, Johansson defensemen in the, in, over in Sweden in the SHL. Uh, Simone Johansson, who is a bit of more of an offensive defenseman, right shot, kind of taller, has three assists in eight games played over there. Uh, he's an interesting player because he's not, he was a converted def- forward defenseman a few years ago, and he's not particularly great, you know, defensively, but, you know, he shoots right, he produces offense. So the Wilds still have another year after this to sign him. So he, he's a guy, definitely a guy to watch. And then, you know, poor Philip Johansson, man. I mean, he was the surprise first round pick in, of the Wilds in 2018. He was a guy no one thought would even go in the first or second round, and the Wilds took him 24th overall. And it's just been a really tough struggle for him in the last few years. I mean, Last year, he had four points in 39 games in the, AS- in the SHL, sorry. And the year before that, in the second division in Sweden, in the Alsvenskan, he had four points in 47 games. And so far this year, he has one point in five games played in the SHL. So, you know, I, I just don't really, it's just kind of confusing. Like, I mean, he, we, we all know he's not a great offensive player, but you just have not heard great things out of Sweden from Johansson. And, it really does suck because you don't you don't want to. While it was, it seems like it's going to end up being a bad pick. You don't want to criticize a kid too much because it, well, it's not his fault. He was drafted where he was. You know, he he's a good. He, I'm sure he's a very good player. Obviously, if he was even on the radar to get drafted, so you know, and I think he still has a solid puck moving defenseman who could still have the potential to be a good, decent uh, bottom pair defenseman in the NHL. But you know, overall, I just you just feel bad for the kid that he's been put in that position and has been scrutinized for it, even though there's nothing out of his control. So, you know, hopefully I, the wild have until this next summer to sign him to his ELC. And, uh, hopefully he, um, uh, picks it up and earns an NHL contract. And, you know, we can, the wild and him will get something out of that high selection in the future. And so I think that's going to pretty much do it for today's episode of locked on wild. Uh, you know, like I said, next, later this week on Wednesday, I'll be doing a wild flashback episode and I will be posting a poll to help all you listeners uh, kind of decide what I will, what moment in wild history I'll be talking about on that episode. And also on Friday, I plan on doing a mailbag episode. So you can start sending in your questions for that mailbag on anything wild NHL hockey related or any question you want to ask me. You can send those in to the podcast Twitter account at Lockdown Wild or to my Twitter account at ZB Wild Nation underscore W and I will be sure to answer as many of those as I can. And so also you can uh, find the podcast on anywhere, on any place you find your podcasts, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, etc. You can find it anywhere. And you, if you subscribe, you'll get the latest episode of lockdown wild every day, as soon as it's available. And also be sure to check out a lot of the other podcasts in the lockdown past podcast network, such as lockdown Vikings, lockdown twins, and uh, all the other Minnesota podcasts that we have here for all your great sports content on Minnesota sports teams here. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to Lockdown Wild.